0: Two experts, one show, and everything Riverland football. Seriously, who writes these scripts? <laughs> what is this, amateur hour? Well, at least they love the game. And maybe a... Uh, responsibly, of course. The Kick-Ons podcast with Lions and Dillo, quenching your thirst for the latest in Riverland football. So turn it up. It's been nearly two seasons, but finally, those magnificent Panthers are victors again, bookending what has been one of the club's toughest chapters in its history in its closing minor round match for 2022. But for those who are still left standing, an exciting 2022 final series beckons. Thank you for downloading our show from wherever you are, and welcome to the Kick-Ons podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Lyons, and joining me again in the co-host seat is the man Tom Jolly from the Berry Football Club, mate. We're getting pretty well drilled at this because uh, I'm a bit worried. Um, our captain Nick Dylan is sick. He's gone missing for finals. What's going on?
1: Oh, mate you you tell me, mate. I've got absolutely no idea. All I know is I get a, a message um, from Dillo. You know, it's almost come fortnightly now that he's crook and. He uh, can't deliver uh, probably what I'm giving up, so it makes sense for him to throw away the key and give it to me. So, nah, it's good to be back and I really do enjoy um, sitting down and having a conversation and... Talking RFL footy.
0: That is what we do here. So we hope, Dillo, uh, you get well. Um, We might have to send him off to the lab to get to the bottom of it, but uh, we hope to see, to have you back here next week, mate. But until then, we've got a massive show to get into, as always here, Tom. Uh, This week, we'll revisit that huge win by the Panthers, which was a fitting send-off for A-grade coach Brett Sherpig. We'll look back on what has been a magnificent journey with Sherps, all thanks to CPM Riverland Refrigerated. And for the Brownswell fans, you're going to love this one. Uh, we'll preview Brownswell's first semi-final hit out against the Dogs with Bombers goal sneak Max Fix Gerald and unpack their turnaround season in the independents. Then, get ready, Jolly. It's the RFL roundtable, mate. And who have we got,
1: Uh, We've got the the garden gnome in Liam Jackson back and uh, yeah, obviously we wrap up for another another week of footy banter and a little bit of fun uh, with everything else that's a little bit more serious.
0: Well, that's what we love about a bit of top shelf football banter. So we'll get to that a bit later. And uh, plus your comments from the Mark's Up Facebook page this week. And uh, remember, you can keep up to date every week downloading the Kick-Ons podcast on the Spotify and Apple podcast networks. And you can find us on the Mark's Up Facebook page. We always love to hear from our Mark's Up family there. And if your business would like to advertise on our growing social media network, get in touch with our ads team at marksupriverland at gmail.com. Now, it's been a, a big week, and it's that time of the year, Uh, Tom, where there's a bit of news coming out the clubs in terms of coaches and like we just touched on uh, Brett Sherpig has stepped down as A grade coach after four seasons well that includes the 2022 COVID year at the helm Uh, Saturday's 24 point win over the Demons at Panther Park was a fitting send off for the five time premiership player so we look forward to Chatting with him a bit later, but uh, yeah, Tom, uh, just your impressions of uh, lining up against uh, the sides guided by uh, the man Sherps.
1: Yeah, no, um, I think we spoke about it, Lindsay, a couple of, couple of weeks ago when we um, had a really, really close um, victory against and North, and I reckon I said after that game that I have no doubt that they're going to win a game um, in the next coming games, and well, it just happened to be against us, and <laughs> uh, but you know, in true Locks and North fashion, it's they do the right thing and they send their they send their coach that's probably been at the helm for this time and probably not the way that Sherps would have probably outlaid his career or his coaching career with Locks and North for the last couple of years. And um, but they get it a, a really good win and um, against what, what is a finals team. So yeah, it was um, very. You know, Drew was in place, and it was a credit to them for the way that they played on the weekend.
0: And it was a great send-off as well uh, for them when uh, the boys, uh, yeah, marched off uh, the field as one with him and all the celebrations. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the game uh, coming up in our round review. Uh, also this week, um, Barmer Monash uh, have announced uh, they're advertising for an A-grade coach for next year. Look, I understand uh, this is just the usual uh, constitution Uh, playing out here so they are advertising Uh, but we are hearing out the club there might be a key announcement on in this area in the next couple of weeks so we'll have to keep our ear to the ground there to find out what's happening in the lakeside but uh, i'm sure you're well across this tom uh, being a berry man and uh, some huge news coming out this week on Tuesday, very under-18 duo Oscar Krieger and Darcy Minchella were included in the 66 players invited to attend the 2022 NAB AFL State Draft Combines, which will be happening in addition to the NAB AFL. Uh, draft Combine. Uh, so, yeah, Oscar and Darcy uh, represented South Australia earlier this year in the Under-18 State Championships. And uh, it's interesting to note that all players that were invited to attend uh, the Combines received a nomination from at least two AFL clubs. So, well done to the boys there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that's that's what you, as a young fella, you know, that that's your aim, that's your goal is to have the opportunity to play AFL footy and these guys go to the next level of potentially making that dream become a reality. Um, Darcy was a member of our 18s Premiership team last year and we were able to scrape him through with a couple of um, uh, you know ways to qualify him and we did that. Um, and then Oscar played uh, a game for us last year and uh, both of them just looked um, above the level um, and that's the best way to describe it. Um Oscar's someone that's shot up in the last couple of years. He's actually quite tall now where um, Darcy's always been that kind of that taller player. But uh, I, I hope the best for both. They're both great kids and they've, um, you know, been able to stretch themselves and try and actually um, accomplish something that he would want to do. So um, the best wishes are to them.
0: Yeah, that's it. You know, their they're foot's in the door now. So you just got to uh, impress and, you know, hit the marks, it'd be interesting to see um, how they go in the jump test because uh, this squad, the under-18s, everyone's above, I think, 185 centimetres, I think. It's a huge squad that they've got there, and uh, I, I think um, our boys are, uh, yeah, at the top of that, up around uh, the 192 to 195 centimetre range. So, yeah, it, it'd be interesting, that one there. And it was great to hear uh, from our uh, Kick-Ons family out there. Uh, we heard from Mick Squardo during the week saying that uh, – there might be a grandfather-grandson to the Hawks scenario going on for Oscar Krieger there. So uh, he also went on to say we'll we'll have Darcy Minchella too. So it's great to see (laughs) some of the uh, Riverland uh, football community getting behind the boys there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, that was great stuff there. And uh, that wraps up our news of the week. So, um, let's get into it, mate. And let's get into our round review of round 15, which uh, wrapped up the 2022 season. But, something that we always like to do just before we kick things off is uh, let's get into what we liked about the weekend. That's what I- so, Tom, uh, yeah, mate, uh, what, uh, what caught your fancy over the weekend? What got you excited about being at the footy?
1: Um, oh, for me, mate, personally, um, an under-18s win. Um, an under-18s win against uh, a really good Lockton North team who's top, um, and it gives us a, you know, we've knocked off two really good teams in the last two weeks, and it gives us a little bit of um, confidence going into the finals, um, but then also, even though that it was against us, to see Loxton North and the, and um, I guess as well and to see them actually really uh, embrace that win and embrace their coach who's been part of their their club for the last couple of years, um, even though that it was frustrating to be as a player, um, you know, it's, it's still something big for for their club. So, you know, hats off to the Loxton North as well.
0: Yeah, I like it, mate. A uh, bit of uh, under 18s uh, action there. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Tim Bevan's 200th game because I that it was a massive setup. Like, look, it was uh, pretty much a qualifying final down there at the Magpies Nest. Uh, yep. So you know there was that layer added to it as well. But uh, there was, uh, yeah, in the second half, uh, Tim uh, kicked two goals, and I remember his first one. Uh, just the boys just got around him. Everyone, uh, you know, come from both ends of the field to congratulate him. And it was in the club pocket as well. And it was just a great scene of seeing all the boys getting around Tim in front of the club with all the supporters. It was just one of those uh, moments that you just uh, hope, well, it was caught on camera. We know that. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those one of those moments that uh, just kind of will live in your memory for a long time. And for a lot of Magpie supporters as well. So, um, so while we're on that note, mate, um, let's jump into that game because, like we said, it yep. was uh, the finals started at one week early and uh, Wakeree uh, got the job done 11.9.75 to Loxton 3.8.26. It was a case of, uh, I think, that first quarter uh, Dusty Gordon and Brendan Moon's opening salvo, uh, three goals um, to kick things off. And uh, look, it just looked like the Pies got their ascendancy straight away.
1: Yeah, and uh, lines I reckon you said it. It's that Wakery, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I reckon we spoke about it earlier on as well, where Wakery or Wakery are just a completely different team. Um, whoever wins out of Loxon and us this week, um, and let's just say hypothetically that Ren might get the knockover, Wakery in round two of the finals, then you know it's going to be a really t- challenging game to play them in a home prelim. So, um you know obviously Wakery are hoping that they can knock off Renmark and go straight through to the big dance but um, I think they sit there pretty confident knowing that you know if they don't win then they've got a home prelim final and they've shown really tough to beat there um, in, in this whole season and even for the last couple of years as well so yeah. Yeah.
0: And we've kind of uh, given the title of the sleeping giant, the Magpies, this year. You know, they've been sitting around that 3-4 area, and now they've just put the foot down at the perfect time of the season. Um, they're up and about. And, uh, it, it, yeah, that just their movement through the middle uh, caught my eye, and uh, especially by foot, they've always been really good through the mid, and there was just this one little kick that they would do 45 degrees inbound to half forward and it just cut Loxton up every time uh, we yep. were able to push on and get that entry forward and just unfortunate uh, for the Tigers that they just um, unable to lift that hoodoo they still remain uh, winless down at the Magpies since 2015 and uh, I thought this would be the weekend that it turned it around but um, yeah it just uh, didn't didn't look like things kind of really got moving for Loxon. They looked like they were just trying to make up for that lost ground uh, from the from the first quarter.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be key for us against uh, against Loxon this week. I think even in all the other games um, in the RFL, it's it's one of those conversations of whoever owns the corridor can kind of own and dictate the game. So um, those little 45 kicks that you're talking about, Lindsay, they – they can. They cut up every team. To be honest, um, that they, they can be really damaging. And and if you move the footy really quickly and you give off the hand and kind of uh, run in waves, then any team can knock off anyone. And it showed. Um, if we go into the next game, the locks and North vs. Berry, that's essentially what for us. So um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. only in the corridor, and and those and those quick movements can really cut up any side.
0: Yeah, they sure can. And uh, another one of the magpies that really uh, lifted, and he's kind of flipped the script on his usual role, uh, Jack Bergermeister, um, usually down back, but presenting as a key target up forward with about four or five marks inside 50 um, that he, he just uh, really... Uh, yeah, presented himself as a target and it proved, um, yeah, to be uh, a, a really important link for Wakery to, to get that uh, that polish up forward. Having both Dusty Gordon and Matt Spenceley uh, back in f- in form, up there kicking goals, they, their forward line just looks great at the moment.
1: Yeah, and moving him there, he's just a serious player. Like, he's only a young fella, but um, probably comes now, I think he's played 50-odd games and when you start playing fifty odd uh, a grade footy, you start you know having some confidence about yourself and uh, they definitely missed him the last time that we played him because he he just adds that extra height for them and and a bit of movement too so um, yeah, interesting that they've put him forward, but I have no doubt that um, they've definitely got the the capability of being able to probably help him down back and, and moving forward he can offer that a little bit more form too.
0: Now, uh, sorry to bring up the pass, mate, but let's uh, get to the Locks North and Berry game from the weekend. And uh, it was a massive finish for the Panthers. Uh, it was just great scenes uh, down there afterwards. Uh, when the Panthers got the job done, 10-11-71, defeating Berry 7-5-45. Look... The easy headline here is the 1,070-odd days it's been, but forget that. What the real cut and thrust of this is about is sheer perseverance, that the club has stuck to its development plan. Although it took a lot of time, the club looked within rather than going externally, and this win is on their terms. And, hey, although they're not in the conversation for September, well, they were able to upset the run of uh, one club, as you found yeah, out, Yeah,
1: I, I, th- I think it has. Yeah. Um... There's probably a little bit of um, – uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts and, and one of them is this list cloggers and they talk about, you know, where do we need to take the mirrors so they can have a good, hard look at themselves. Um, and that's a little bit like of a that. stitch up. But um, to be honest, where you'd be sending in this week in the RFL would be down to uh, the Demon Headquarters and and we need to have a serious look at ourselves because uh, this week coming up is elimination and um, and – you know, all credit goes to Loxon North. They were able to beat us in the middle. They were able to uh, run the footy better. They were able to use their skills better. Um, they had more inside 50s. Um, and, and we just got to the point where we made silly things and silly, silly mistakes and actually tried to do things that we wouldn't normally do. And that was a real hot credit to, to Loxon North.
0: And uh, for you guys, uh, Brody Thompson uh, came back into the side. Uh, look, uh, mate, can you tell us how he went and what it mean to have his addition back in?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's what we looked at as well. It's not all doom and gloom. Like there was some really, there was really some positive things, um, you know. And he was one of them. Being able to bring him back into the team, getting him just to get some little bit of match fitness before a really important game this week. Um, oh he's he's Brody thompson he's he's a league a league rockman um, that can seriously jump um that's got some serious athletic ability um i think the conversation with him um just you know be careful <laughs> like we don't, like you know it, it, it is a yes we want you to tick off tick off boxes and and feel good but we also know that you know next week is more important than this week so can you please be mindful of that and you know, if you do have to absolutely stress yourself to get to the footy, maybe don't do that. But, you know, 80% is okay and we don't need you to be at 100% right now, but we need you a 100% for the week after, which is Loxton. Um, so, yeah, from, from all the chords he's, he's pulled up absolutely terrific and and really looking for him to go um, a ball out of the gate gate um, this week against Loxton. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's good to see the big man back. And uh, let's uh, wrap up the last game, uh, which was Renmark uh, 2014-134 to the Ruse 4-8-32. So uh, Renmark, a crushing way to end their season. And I guess uh, that's been a narrative to their season. They've just been crushing it every week. Uh, And, uh, well, the assault on the... uh, the 3 peep begins now uh, but until then um, just on the game uh, I, what I took out of this one was uh, Grady Obst he's been built, building quite nicely uh, into finals he he was uh, a pivotal player last year uh, in the in the final series and uh, he kicked three goals on the weekend so just and his first best player appearance since round eight so just building nicely it'd be interesting to see uh, what influence Grady can have but uh, yeah I'd But on a whole, I think Renmark are just primed now and uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just a case of uh, them just getting on with the the real job now that begins in uh, two weeks' time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I think from probably uh, Vader's point of view here is they actually kick straight. Uh, I know that's been a conversation that he's had um, a fair few times with his group and they've there has been more times than not that they've actually kicked more points than goals. Um, you, you probably talk to LJ and he thinks that's because he's not playing, but um, it is one of those um, where, you know, sometimes bad kicking, is it's always bad football, but it can actually cost you um, in games. And um, someone like a Grady Ob's coming back into their team who gives them smarts, awareness, skills, toughness, um it just is good to, for Remark to have someone like that back in your team. Um, I think they were, I think he was uh, under the understanding that he could have been done for the rest of the year with a knee injury. Um, and then they've gone down and they've uh, gone down to Adelaide and found out that it's actually a little bit less than what they expected. So great news for Remark and great news for Grady Obs that he can continue and um, potentially finish with his third flag before he leaves. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow, mate. I, uh, that's uh, – yeah uh, – yeah, I did not know that. So uh, that's uh, yeah. Wow. So there's a there's a lot riding on this one um, for for the roos to for for a good send off. Uh, so yeah. So that's the that's the wrap of the minor round uh, for season 2022. And just as um, you know, uh, unfortunately, seasons have to come to an end. So just before we get on to the Indies, let's just do a bit of a wrap of the teams that uh, are hanging up the boots, uh, as they say, for 2022. And let's get on uh, to the Ruse first. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think their progress uh, up forward has been encouraging to watch this season. Um, the Ruse leave 2022 with a slightly better win-loss record uh, than 21. But interestingly, on paper, they're a 20-goal better side if you just look at points for this season, which is uh, yep. compared to last season. Um, but I'd still think there's plenty of room to improve here. Uh, they've done well to attract the new talent in Reese Lehman, plus Matty Watke, Dylan LF artist coming back to the club. Uh, Complements a well-drilled midfield with Jakey Smith, uh, Sam Butterworth and Benny Droga Muller. But um, I think they just need to lock some other fellas down. Um, we'll like Blake Kosolke's uh, done well in defense. We'll come to him a little bit later when we talk awards, so stick with us Ruse fans there. But uh, fellas like Jordy Freeman, he was meant to come in as Ruckman, uh, but he seems to have settled a lot better in defense. Uh, Same with Michael Mock, an exciting talent they picked up. Um, Seen him play in a couple of different spots, but just like to see them lock those fellas down. And then... um, yeah, that's uh, you know that's kind of what I thought of their season. But like, if we were to put on our list management um, hat, there, uh, Tom, what do you think they might need uh, off the base of this season going forward?
1: Yeah, I, I actually think it depends on what what happens with their um, under 18s um, They've got some really good um, potential from that team. Um, they've got like your likes of Jamison Whitborn and. Aiden Scordo and these kind of guys that could, well, they go into senior footy next year and they've already shown that they're capable of playing A-grade footy um, and they probably don't have to play the two games anymore. So when you're going in as a pretty fit 19-year-old and you're not playing a second game um, of or footy before you play A-grade game, then it opens up the opportunities to dominate an A-grade game and um, someone like, like a Jack Smith, he's just taken so many knocks over the years where it would be good, I don't know for his sake, but um, to play as that forward or resting forward more so than that big, hard grinding um, midfielder. So you do get a couple of more years out of him um, because he definitely gives a spark up forward and he's got some good hands and he's a strong lead and he's got a strong kick. So even potentially giving some young, young life in the midfield and giving him an opportunity just to play up forward and, um, being another target that Reece Lehman uh, can work off and work through would be really handy. Mock's um, a really good player and potentially he's someone that can go into the midfield. I don't know a lot about him, but I, all I know is that he's really a defender. But if he could work into the midfield, that'd be handy. But um, they've got a Thomas McKinnon as well. I reckon he was injured and did his collarbone or arm or something like that really early on in the mix and he was pretty handy last year. So, um, yeah, as a list management, I wouldn't actually have to look too far. It'd be more so, what's the under-18s given us? What can we get from there? And then from there, is there a, you know, a Ruckman that we could let then Middleton go forward and these kind of conversations that I'd be having. So, yeah, is that is, is there a Ruckman? And I think the rest of the league's looking for a Ruckman. So, um, probably, probably not Berry and probably not. Renmark, but everyone else might be looking for a Ruckman. So um, you can never have too many, of them, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: It, it's uh, that was, you've stolen my thunder, but it's great to hear someone <laughs> else say, it's time for the Ruse to look, yeah, to look for a lockdown ruckman, and for that exact reason, to let uh, Mason go forward and be a target there, mate. I like it. In terms of Loxton North, I reckon we might leave that one uh, because we got yep. Brett chirping coming up soon. So we'll ask him uh, what the what the Panthers need now that he's laid a foundation. Uh, so let's get across to the Independents and we'll yep. get into the first game and well 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 browns well are in the finals and after coming off a win against uh, the swans the uh, bombers have booked themselves for september action uh, after their 14 12 96 to Peringa 8 5 53 win uh, it's uh, it's one of it's just one of those feel good uh, footy stories isn't it tom
1: yeah, I reckon, uh, Linesy, I reckon you called it, mate. Or, and De- I think Dylan might have too, but um, ah, that's why you play football, to play finals footy and Brownsville well have been able to do that. So um, congratulations to them and hopefully they can have a good run in the final series too.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, end to a, uh, a bit of a disappointing season for Paringa, just the two wins uh, for 22. Uh, but look, there's uh, a lot... They were recruited quite well mid-season, so I just think it's a bit more like they got Pumper Sutherland in. Um, also, uh, Big Fridge as well, who come back to the club as well. So there's stuff building, um, but look, there's going to be uh, probably, uh, well, a key personnel change going forward. Um, with uh, I hear Peter Siddle won't be back next year. So, uh, you know, probably just putting this one behind them and then moving on. Uh, so that's going to be uh, a bit of change uh, for the Swans. But look, that season 2022 done. And uh, well, it's uh, onwards and upwards for Browns well now.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, like you said, they had a couple of good uh, mid-season uh, recruits and hopefully they do still hold on to those players because well, I've seen it firsthand. Pumper is um, a, a quality player, He was in the RFL, and and I I can't imagine the things that he can do in uh, the independence if he has a full year at it. So um, hopefully, they do hold on to the players like that.
0: BSR completed the minor round as undefeated minor premiers. I think we saw this one coming from a mile away, but it is confirmed now that it's all done and dusted after their win over Wunker, BSR 8755 to Wonka 5939. They've been an imposing force on 2022, but, uh, yep, well, uh, a bit like a Renmark, they've crushed it all season. Now it's time to get on with the real business.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you always have those people, uh, you know, in the background that say, "Oh, you don't want to be undefeated." Uh, going into the final series. But uh, if you're um, if you're able to do it, you'd rather that than nothing else. So, um, you know, hopefully they can t- continue for their sake, undefeated for the whole year. And undefeated premiers is obviously their aim. So tough feat, to say the least, because um, they are the hunted. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I think there'll be a, a Sedan Canberra team ready to uh, try and take them on too. I think they've got their, their wish.
0: Yeah and we spoke with uh Jake Medhurst about that last week being the, the hunted but the Redbacks are ready to wear that pressure now so they'll uh they'll you know obviously progress to the second semi they'll get that week off to really freshen up and then um yeah they will be all guns blazing for that second semi and uh it's going to be up to uh yeah uh Wanka and Sedan Cambray and Browns well to see who's the who's the best of the rest um, to take it up to them as the finals progress. So uh, we get across to Sedan Cambray, uh, their game against Ramco. They got the job done 18-20, 128-13, 7-85. So a strong finish for the Roosters, uh, quite a competitive effort there. But uh, look, Sedan Cambray, again, they've just been... You know, on the boil, and now it's time to turn up the heat because uh, they've got that second uh, chance locked away and uh, they are ready to go now.
1: And, well, by the looks of it, they absolutely uh, dominated the play with, uh, you know, 38 scoring shots. So um, it was probably that conversations before where, you know, Renmark were able to actually kick straight, Um it's something that you want to probably take into the finals footy where you are, you know, getting your forward entries correct and, and, and quite consistent and effective. But, you know, that, that, that it's not the biggest worry as well for Sedan Canberra having 38 scoring shots. If you have 38 scoring shots in any game, you're probably more likely to win than lose. So um, there's definitely positives that they can take out of that and a good way to finish off the minor round
0: season for them. Indeed, that's it. If you're posting those sorts of scoring shots, you're winning the territory war to get the ball down there, so it's uh, numbers that make numbers uh, in the end. So that is the minor round of independent football done and dusted for 2022. We'll get to our awards now, and we have got a huge segment on our awards. So without any further ado, we announce that Matt Hodge has taken out the Lefties Greek Street Eats MVP award, and uh, Hodge pulled six votes in the final round to finish on 70 two votes beating Loxton jet Will Gucci by seven votes overall after the three hidden rounds were added. Uh, he joins Loxton North's Joel Warsfold in 2019 and Loxton's Lockie Evans in 2021 as winners of the award. And i tell you what, Tom, it's been great to see a lot of love come in uh, for the big man.
1: Yeah, mate. I think he's actually uh, really slotted in nicely to, to the Berry football club and um, uh oh, not only a really good footballer but a really good bloke too and on and off the field and um yeah credit credit to him and everything that he's been able to do for himself and for our footy club. Um and, you know, to knock off Will Gooch who's had a really, really good season himself and, you know, if you want to show Saturday's your day down at Loxton North you can watch those two two good midfielders go head to head against each other in the center. So um yeah, it sets up a really good a really good uh, opportunity. On Saturday.
0: So when we heard earlier in the year, um, we talked with Clint Ridgway about, uh, you know, who you got coming in and, uh, yeah, he was quick to jump on uh, Matty Hodges as an exciting player to watch. Uh, And, you know, so he came uh, with a bit of expectation and uh, is it safe to say uh, he's delivered?
1: Oh, mate, yeah, I I think uh, delivered and then then, suck. For the big fella that he is, He's actually really skillful as well, and I think that's what's probably added that level of class that people didn't realise that he had. Um, he'd still like to tell you as well that he can get up and take a hanger from time to time. Um, and, and that is actually a genuine thing for, for a bloke. genuinely true. <laughs> On the end point of his career, um, he can still, still get up there and, and, and take a hangar. So, um, yeah, he definitely looks after himself and, and he can seriously play football.
0: So, in addition uh, to our top two, uh, Renmark players occupied the next five positions on the leaderboard in uh, Tim Wolford on 58 votes, Dan Wolford on 53, Zach Gardery on 43, uh, and Matty Wolford on 40, and Ricky Garrett on 38, who was equal with uh, Loxton's uh, Jesse Wills. So, uh, the, oh, some talent packed into that, uh, that top order. But, uh, yeah, no surprises that a lot of the, um, the yeah, votes spread around the, uh, the Renmark boys.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think it just goes to show on how good of a team Renmark actually are to have five blokes that are probably all stealing votes from each other. And even then you don't have, um, you know, the people like Josh Vader in, in, in there and you don't have um, – uh, who else? I reckon – there's yeah a fair few that you can also look at like a frame Sampson and and those kind of players that definitely I think at times were stolen votes from these other guys too. So um, yeah, if you've got a world, oh, definitely a high class team in Renmark and you can see why they're so good in our RFL league because um, they're so they just are able to work together and and dominate and dominate certain areas of the game. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and some of the other top vote-getters from across the clubs, uh, Matt Spenceley uh, was Wakere's top vote-getter with 37. Uh, Tyson Kent led the way for Loxton on 35, and Mason Middleton for the Ruse uh, was uh, the best of the Lakeside boys on 32. And uh, it was great to hear on, the, on our Facebook page a bit of a stamp of a Approval from uh, the man himself, uh, Terry Lefty, this week as well, Tom.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, wishes or uh, well, actually says congratulations to Matt. And um, he obviously came with big wraps, Linesy, as you said. Um, and that came from various people around the RFL, including Cliff Ridgeway. But, you know, you can tell that he's obviously delivered and a terrific effort. Um, and then he also goes on to say that Tommy Finlay would also be expecting him to shout him an AB pack. And I'm actually going to jump on that as well and say, Hodgie, you know what, you can uh, shout me one too, mate. Thank you.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, there's 500 bucks uh, cash on this. So that's uh, that's a lot of ABs that you boys, <laughs> you could uh, shout yous.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, mate, I think that's one one per person. And, and then, uh, you know, when uh, Hodgie comes up next year, he can buy himself one every game after that, I reckon. So,
0: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, because yeah, well. um, we love a lefties and we loved uh, having his support uh, again for our uh, Riverland MVP award in 2022. Let's get over to the Hoops Auto and 4 Wheel Drive Independent MVP award. Make sure you zoom into the store on Renmark Avenue to see Hoops, Trev and the team to get all your auto spare parts and the ARB four wheel drive equipment. Trev and the team have put up a $500 ARB voucher for the Hoops Auto and Four wheel drive MVP award. And our winner for 2022, he's been at the top all season and he could not be moved. It's Sedan Cambrai's Cam Thompson who has taken out the 2022 Hoops Auto and Four wheel drive center MVP award. So a very fitting winner there, uh, Tom. And I think you might have joined us on the uh, the week where we actually talked with Cam as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. We spoke to him straight after training and, um, yeah, and he spoke really, really well. And from all accounts, it was his first year at Sedan Cambrai and uh, he really honoured it. And it was, I reckon it was uh, quite surprising for the coach down at Sedan Cambrai that actually didn't think that he would come along. And, well, you know, not only have you got a – a player, you've also got an absolute cracker player who's won a, won a really prestigious award that's voted on behalf of coaches. So you can't get much better than that, to be honest.
0: Yeah. It's a great endorsement. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, Cam's played some very good football previously down in the Barossa under, uh, former Central's player, Scott Dutchke down at Freeling. Uh, so, yep. and the the Brosser I was actually just out there on the weekend, actually Freeling Oval seeing, uh, uh, my mate's uh, daughter's prelim uh, it's, it's great great oval uh, uh, to watch footy at uh, down there at Freeling and uh, you know very high standard of football so he's brought that across into the independence as well and uh, yeah uh, had a had a great season uh, cam led for most of the back half of the season and stormed home to finish on a whopping 78 votes ahead of BSR's Matt Clark on 70 Um yeah, Thompson's uh, ensured the Magpies kept a stranglehold on the award uh, following in the footsteps of uh, the late Bradley Walkley. So a great tribute uh, to, to Brad there uh, from uh, from the club uh, this week. We've seen uh, they're running the, um, the Walkley family raffle as well. So it's great to see his memory being honoured by the club. Uh, but just moving on a bit. Uh, from that because uh, Brad actually won the inaugural award in 2021. Ramco's Max Battick uh, was rewarded for a consistent season. Uh, He finished third on 63 with Redbacks Cam Horseman and James Mattstone rounding out the top five on 59 votes there. So a pretty good spread, uh, but uh, yeah, not surprising to see a fair bit of the BSR boys up there.
1: Yeah, I think it goes to show like an undefeated season. It's very similar to Remark as well, where you are going to have, you know, a lot of players that that poll well, but they still vote from each other in the long haul. And um, yeah, very similar conversation like we had with Remark, but um, I reckon it was Cam Horseman for a few there that was nipping on. Um, Cam Thompson's heels at one stage and we asked them about and it was that night lines that we actually said you know you're going to match up against each other and try and Try and get each other some boats or whatnot. And, um, well, it looks like, yeah, Cam in the end has ended up taking it, Cam Thompson for that matter, and um, has taken the win and taking the $500 ARB voucher, which is huge. So might even try and get onto to Thorpey there and say, hey, mate, can you whip me one my way as well? That'd
0: be nice. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, actually, we probably – um probably one thing we forgot to ask, Cam, uh, if he – well, back then, if he won the award, which he has now, does he actually have a four-wheel drive? spend this yeah. on, i wonder but uh, i'm sure the boys Hopefully. can help him out with uh with whatever uh auto needs he has down there it's a great uh great store actually i bought some uh, lighting equipment off them uh end of last year for my B. so uh a great service and uh, products down there from the boys and we uh, loved having them on uh as part of our uh stable of sponsors uh for 2022 and uh It's been great to have them backing the Hoops Auto and Full Drive Independent MVP. Now let's get on to recognising some of the young talent of Riverland Football. And each week we nominate a player turning 23 in 2022 or younger for the MTESA Young Talent Award which our six RFL A-grade coaches will vote on the winner, who will receive a $400 cash prize, all thanks to MTESA, your local apprentice and trainee specialist. And this week, uh, the award nomination heads out to the lakeside with Blake Kasulke, uh getting the nomination, the final one of 2022. And uh, Jolly, just from your uh, couple of encounters with the Ruse this year, you got a, a good look at uh, Blake, did you? Yeah, mate. He's um, it's
1: it's probably actually a really big credit for him. Um, for someone that's been probably looked upon as a as the next couple of people that go into the umpiring kind of realm. Um, and credit to himself because I've you know I taught him firsthand, and he's actually um a really a really terrific uh, kid. And and. Actually, has a lot of football smarts and, and football understanding. So uh, there's no surprises in in him playing A grade footy this year. And he has a nice, a, a nice unorthodox left foot, but but it it does work out, and um, he can he can actually play that lockdown defender role, and and did it really well against us at times. So um, hats off to Blake Sulki and as Corey Gillian said there, to you know be able to improve and keep going. So yeah.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, so just his first year of senior footy. And just like you touched on, yeah, he's come across from the um, from the umpiring world. Uh, so he, he's seen the game from both both angles there. So it'd be an uh, in- interesting perspective to have. And, uh, yeah, Corey also went on to say uh, it was great to see him finish off the year uh, like he did in the last game. Uh, he never misses training, and you know he will give everything he has each time he steps on the field, so you couldn't get a better endorsement uh, from your senior, your coach.
1: Yeah, and he definitely holds his heart on his sleeve. He he loves the he loves the Bomber Football Club. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he'll do anything for that club. Um, so, you know, the whole family is involved, and and a great family as well. So, um, yeah, and I really hope he does continue and improve with his football and. You know, potentially have have the sights to you know win something that Matty Hodges won. You know, in the years to come.
0: There we go. So that's uh, the wrap on our MVP awards for 2022. Keep an eye on the Mark's Up Facebook page during the week. Um, you'll see uh, a bit more content up there as we recognise our award winners and catch up with them and uh, hand over the spoils of our. MVP Awards. And also, uh, we'll be uh, rolling it out in the next couple of weeks, uh, the MTESA Young Talent Award, uh, once the votes come in from the coaches. So keep an eye on that. Well, we got plenty coming up here on the Kick Ons podcast, so stick with us. Uh, we've got a, a huge show coming up, But the big one next, uh, we've got Brett Sherpig uh, heading up our guest list tonight. So we can't wait to get him. Plus, we've got the RFL Roundtable and Brownswell's Max Fitzgerald. So stick around, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Hey, Dillo, how can I get the best produce into the Riverland?
2: Well, Lionsey, it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated. They proudly deliver some of South Australia's most iconic brands into the Riverland. And with a convenient depot next door to the Puraka Produce Markets, they're able to deliver your frozen, refrigerated or dry goods into the Riverland on the same
0: day. Wow, Dillo, that's silver service delivery. Like hitting a full forward on the chest, lace out. Yeah, I've seen you kick a footy, (laughs) Lindsay. You might be right, Dillo. So it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated then.
2: That's right, mate. Call Joel today on 0419 808 437 for your next delivery.
0: The Kick-Ons Podcast with Lions in Dillow. Quenching your thirst for the latest in Riverland football. So turn it up. Well, our first guest on the CPM Riverland Refrigerated Player Spotlight is... Well, it's a bit of a mix. He's a player and he's a coach. And it's uh, his playing career was across 345 games of Riverland football. 225 with Loxton North. There was a few premierships in there as well, five of them, in fact. And he was also named in the A-grade all-star team for Locks and North for the 50-year reunion in 2004. But then there was a whole other career in the independents as well. A couple of premierships there across 120 A-grade games and an independent medal, the old Duffy in 1996. Talking about Brett Sherping, he'd just closed the latest chapter, on his coaching career in the A-grade for the RFL. And quite fittingly, it was it was a big drought that had to be broken, but finally the Panthers got it done, and we've got just the man to talk about it. Sherps, welcome back to the Kick-Ons podcast.
3: Yeah, thanks, Lonzie. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, mate. And uh, what a relief it must have been on Saturday afternoon.
3: Oh uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. It was uh, yeah, it was a bittersweet for you know just to finish off with that, I guess. And you know, um, yeah, it's been a, a long time, and and we yeah we were building as uh, as a group over the last six weeks, I think. And uh, yeah, it's probably um, a bit unfortunate in a couple of the games, but it was yeah good to get to the win over there on Saturday.
0: Great stuff, mate. Uh, now. Four years in the top job, and a, like we just touched on, a, a long history with a club, making for an impressive CV. Was this a hard decision to make to walk away? Was it a different process yet to go through when you called time on your playing career?
3: Yeah, the play the playing career was just uh, too many injuries, mate. You know that's. Uh, it, it, but this this one was. Um, it takes a lot of time. Um, takes a lot of, you know. Um, during the year but I think it's more so from this point on um, it never stops talking to people and you know trying to recruit a few players and you know we all got to do it as every club's got to you know And so it's something that uh, I feel f- Found probably the hardest of the, the coaching role, and uh, yeah, it's just time for me to step away. Been been there as a runner as well, and and uh, assistant coaching and that sort of stuff. So I've been there a long time, and I think it's just time for somebody else to maybe step in. Um, mate, Lindsay's touched on it a little bit,
1: but uh, tough journey, obviously, over the last two seasons. Um, I can experience, I experienced it unfortunately firsthand, but. Um, The feeling on Saturday afternoon, um, how big was the night? I heard uh, there was a lot of stories coming from that Saturday night, but um, anything you can tell us?
3: (laughs) No, it was probably me being the worst one. Um, So, no, we all enjoyed it. And, you know, like it's... um, yeah, you guys have been on the end of it, and it's not a, you know, it's hard, and you've got to keep the morale up and um, just enjoy what you, when you do win, and you've got to enjoy those moments, and we certainly did that, so, yeah. And I bet it was it good to see the boys as well. Sorry, Lionsy,
1: good to no. see the boys send you off as well. Um, you obviously have meant a lot to a fair few of those boys. Um, And that probably just shows the the Locks and North Footy Club and what they are actually about. So, um, yeah. yeah, Thanks, mate.
0: Now I bet it would have been um, yeah pay off for a lot of hard work through the season, but it must have been disappointing to come so close against Berry and almost getting the better of Locks in the Proud Cup. Was there a bit of we're not letting this one go on Saturday?
3: Yeah, you know, I think I've said um, somewhere else that, yeah, you know, sort of half-time we're up and um, been in that position um, against Loxton and and that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, three-quarter time we're able to keep sort of that similar um, similar uh, points. And, and uh, I just sort of said to the boys at half-time, I sort of said, you know, we've got to go out and make sure that we don't let Barry kick the first one or two because they'll... Side that can get, get a run on and, and get over the top of us and we were good enough to do that and, and you know, the, with that uh, last quarter it was just going so slow, mate. It just took forever to uh, blow the final siren but, yeah, sort of 15-minute mark it was sort of uh, Steve Inglis, my runner, ran out and sort of made the call to book the guys just hang on to the footy a bit longer and, and try and, you know, just uh, keep it in our hands. So, yeah. Um,
1: so, mate, it's kind of known that the Panthers in the RFL were really, um, like, forward-thinking in regards to backing their local youth. Um, can you tell us the type of side uh, that you've left behind for the for the next coach, and also how they've actually grown throughout the throughout the year?
3: Yeah, I guess, mate, that um, it has been something that we've um, held our hats on, and, and something that we've tried to promote, um, and it's a very fine line when we talk about um, recruiting players. Tom, you know, it's uh, who you, how, how far do you go? Uh, and I think it was like last year I probably held off a little bit because I knew I had um, some young kids that needed some time. Um, and this year we probably picked up a couple that uh, weren't superstars, but they were, you know, um, played a bit of footy and and were travelling up. Um, but it was more certainly about giving the, the young lads um, a lot more time. And we did that um, early in the season. The guys, a couple of the lads are back playing B grade, but they, they've, um, they've become they'll become better footballers going forward. So, um, you know, so we have done it with the under-18s. Um, over the, you know, even last year there was half, uh, I think we had five last year that played up and played probably seven or eight games. So, yeah, it's tough, but um, it'll uh, set us in good stead going forward.
0: You're listening to the Player Spotlight brought to you by CPM Riverland Refrigerated. Fresh, frozen, and dry food transport from Adelaide to the Riverland. We're talking with former Loxton North A grade coach Brett Sherpick. Now, Brett, just a bit on your playing. You're a five time Premiership player and won the BNF in the 97 and 2000 flags. But as a coach, the A grade flag eluded you, though you were an assistant in the 13 and 15 flags. Is it something you would have liked to have checked off or are, are you kind of satisfied where the journey went and how it ended?
3: Yeah, I mean, everyone would love to coach a, a premiership, um, and I probably knew that that probably wasn't going to be the case with you know with the group we had, um, and it was more about building back um, that team culture and 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 that sort of stuff. Not building it back, but you know, um, trying to get that back instilled in the young fellas, and and yeah, yeah. Obviously, it would be nice, but at the same time, I. I've enjoyed what I've been able. I think um, leave the football club in, and that's probably the best thing. Is I hope going forward in you
1: know, um, two, three years, whatever it might be, that uh, I had a hand in half of these guys playing um, now that will still be playing then, hopefully. Um, now, sure you and your wife Karina, you've been very both being very successful in your selective sports in footy and netball, um, and especially at North as well, Um, are you still going to be familiar faces around the club or are you going to do what my old man does now and just drives up, sits in the car, watches footy and then sends a couple of uh, messages to Judd and tells him what he should and shouldn't be doing and then drives back home or what?
3: Uh, no, nah, certainly not, um, Tom. I'm, I'm that sort of person that enjoys footy. Um, you know, I don't have have too many other things in, in the winter. Um, I support my well, – both of us support our kids. And uh, if that's – yeah, if it's rubbing people down, mate, on a sad day and walking a bit of water and um, still giving a bit of advice, if that's what's needed, um, certainly that's what I'll be doing. Um, so, yeah.
0: Oh, that's great to hear, mate! And uh, just one final one to sign off on: um, who would you like to thank uh, at the club and uh, for as you close this chapter?
3: Oh, obviously um, Doc Sells and and the committee. Doc's been around for a long time, um, and also supporting me um, as a, as a coach. And you know, that's what you need is support from your committee. And um, so I thank them. Um, I certainly uh, thank Steve Inglis, who's been my runner. Um, Steve's, you know, two lads play in Adelaide, and um, he's, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll back you. And he's been a um, runner and, and not being able to see his kids. So I really uh, want to thank him for his support. Um, Michael Arnold, um, Pickles Arnold, um, as a, as a assistant coach this year, but has been... Um, has been uh, backing me, sitting down all the time I've been there, and just been a good um, help. He's a he's a super um, person for the young kids. Um, just everyone looks up to him, so he was really good to have in the in the corner for me. Um, Donald and Tracy um, proud. Um, team managers both of them have uh, come on board when i took it on asked them to help me out and uh, they've been in there ever since doing that so um you know the trainers um anyone else that's uh been there and helped me get through what i've been through and yeah it's been tough the last couple of years but um you know, i said that was Nice way to finish, and uh, yeah, I hope I've done well. I know I've done what I think is the best for the club and um, the most I could give, so hopefully it helps the club going forward.
0: Well, mate, you've represented your club proudly as a player and now as a coach. Uh, It's it's an impressive career, and uh, mate, we wish you all the best uh, in your time. Well, maybe not fully away from footy, but a bit more. Uh, you know, less on your shoulders now, mate. So we uh, we hope you enjoy uh, the off season and uh, look forward to seeing you around the club uh, next year.
3: Yeah, no, thanks, Lindsay, and uh, obviously all the best for Saturday, Tom. Hope you, um, hope you can have a win.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks heaps for that shirt. It's much appreciated, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. So that was Brett Sherpig from the Loxton North Football Club, who's going to have a lot more time up his sleeve uh, as of uh, last Saturday Uh, there, Tom. And, uh, yeah, great chat and uh, just an impressive CV, isn't it, of Riverland football?
1: Yeah, it's actually um, one thing that I've really actually started to enjoy on this podcast is just a little bit more of a um, background information on some players and – Well, you know, you look at Sherps and and, uh, the resume that he's got to go with it is very, very impressive and something that, you know, I would never have actually known unless we do something like this. So, yeah, once again, Lindsay, credit to you and Dillo for the work that you've been doing.
0: That's it. We we love our research just as much as we love our banter here on the Kick Ons podcast. And it's time to get into that. Well, let's get into some champagne football banter because Liam Jackson will be joining us. And that can only mean... It's time for this. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Unique individuals with unique views on the game. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. Liam Jackson.
4: I think this is an absolute drive like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tom Jolly. But I was giving Jacko shit when I was uh, the water
0: runner at the time, so it's probably something I deserve. Hold on to your hats. It's the RFL round table. So we're back for another week on the RFL Roundtable. Where this goes, nobody knows. But look, we will say if you are easily offended by colourful language, that's fine. There's plenty of good content coming up. We're going to be talking with uh, Browns, Wells, Max Fitzgerald a little bit later. So stick around for that. But for now, it's the RFL Roundtable where we roll out the great minds. And here's one of them. It's Liam Jackson. Welcome back for another week, mate. Hey, boys. How are we? We're we're going well, mate. Now with myself and Jolly, we've just been uh, we're a bit worried about our team here, mate. Our captain's gone missing in finals. Dillo, a no show again. What's going on?
4: Uh oh, just pruning the dead wood. I reckon he's he's not. He's he's going to have to work hard to get back in the side. I would have thought. <laughs>
0: Well, that's right. Selection choices get made uh, a lot tougher when it comes this time of year, mate. And uh, with finals on our doorsteps, mate, uh, we well, we all must be getting excited for the real business now.
4: Yeah, that's it. It's what, everyone, what everyone's playing footy for. All the, all the running in January and all that sort of stuff, it all leads up to the next month. So um, yeah, lots of uh, nervous and excited boys getting around. Uh, the Rivoli, and all have thought.
0: And uh, for a man who's uh, you know been around the the block might have a flag up his sleeve as well in a grade 1 in uh, 2019. What advice would you have for uh, for our man Tom Jolly who's out there uh, representing the Kickons podcast uh, still chasing the dream out there this weekend? Oh,
4: get a kick and don't don't get dropped would be um <laughs> would be up there. Um, cheers vice. Um yeah, no, I've, not a lot of advice, mate. I'm, uh, yeah, just, just uh, like our um, segment later on, just just a battler, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was uh, even concerned when you said all the running that you that people have done in January. I'm thinking, these, what, what is that? What people were doing? Were they? <laughs> I was too
4: busy leaving balls on off stump in January. <laughs> Mate, if you, if you started running in January, you'd, you wouldn't start again. Exactly. Until, until about now. <laughs>
0: well, boys, um, a bit of interesting uh, football content uh, popped up on the uh, socials during the week. And um, we've heard of Sprays, but I've never heard of one like this, a uh, West Footscray Roosters coach. They've been winless in the Western Region Football League. And um, their standing coach has tried to inspire a bit of motivation in the boys, but... Uh, He's kind of flipped his lid when someone's phone went off mid-address. I've never heard anything like it. I should put out a language warning before I play this little bit of audio, but Kikon's family, have you ever heard anything like this? Yeah, Get the ball through the corridor. It's really, really simple footy today, right? Most of all, this is the Westwood straightaway. Hey, put your fucking uh, phone down! I don't give You are this Touted as the, the spray for the ages in... Uh, the online report, uh, the standing coach, Adrian Spiteri from the West Footscray Roosters. Now, um, if he's worried about phones in the change rooms, what would his reaction be like when he turns around and sees someone's actually filming this thing?
4: (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) And the standing coach too, he's probably been planning that speech all week going, bloody hell, I'm going to get the boys up and about here. They're going to run through a brick wall and then old mate's phone's gone off and he's just lost it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was probably thinking that he's going to be the messiah at the club, getting him there yeah, first. All
1: yeah. of a sudden, he's got blokes that have checked their Facebook instead.
0: <laughs> Earlier this year, um, the story getting out of North Melbourne, David Noble apparently gave the boys uh, one there that uh, copped a bit of criticism and all that stuff. But look, the motivation behind it, they genuinely got the, the right intent behind them. Is it sometimes the execution goes awry?
4: Oh, yeah,
1: I think it kind of depends on um, the group of people too. Like you've you got to find that, that balance of you probably need to give some people a rocket and there's, there's certain ways you do it. Um, I can think of one pretty clearly where we were down to Norwood. Um, we were losing by about 45 points and um, the lead coach at the time um, and I'm playing two's footy at this moment, so this is two's footy and the lead coach is pretty much said, said to the re- reserves coach, mate, be quiet, I'll take it from here and literally just had an absolute blast at all of us and said, you're not playing like a team, um, you know, can you at least look like an effing team and pull your socks up um, and, and at least look the same? And it came to his demise that people have actually gone through and cut their socks to then he's. <laughs> absolutely berated them on the field in front of everyone while the huddles for Norwood are coming out and they're literally just looking at um, these discussions going on and laughing and calling us the basket case of the team and all these kind of things. So, um, yeah, at that particular moment, I reckon that uh, the coach at the time probably regrets what he did then because there was just no need for it.
0: Indeed. Well, on, <coughs> a, on another topic, we uh, opened up uh, Jacko's uh, mailbag a few weeks back and uh, – well, Guess what? We had something come in. I can't believe it. And uh, I think it might have emanated out the Berry Football Club, actually. Yeah, the Berry
4: boys, uh, yeah, they, they love, love the podcast, get, getting involved. <laughs> um, and well, let me find it. You just has got to, so much mail. It's just hard, hard to get through it all. <laughs> I reckon as well. I think, um, I think
1: what I've heard on the grapevine, in regards to the uh, to the fines, every time I feature on the podcast, I'm getting fined here. So I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen what the fine is worth, but I think I'm going to be up for some money come uh, the end of the season. I reckon. So yeah, the boys are definitely checking in.
0: <laughs> Let's just hope they haven't. They don't pull out the uh, Aston Villa fines list on you. That's
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Exactly. Yeah, so um, here it is. It's um, it's actually in response to um, the young footballer uh, of the year, uh, under twenty three. Is that the cutoff? That's right. Yep, yep
0: that's our yep. uh, MTE SA um, uh, Young Talent Award. Yeah, we've just we've got one here, and uh, a uh, anonymous
4: text uh, couldn't believe that um, Tom fin- Tom Finlay was um actually eligible. They thought they thought that uh, even Jolly might be eligible if it's under-35 award. Um, Maturity-wise, apparently could still win a Macca's participation award, though, because he acts like he's 12 years old.
0: Oh! <laughs> Jeez, it's nice to know who your teammates are. Yeah, so
4: someone's not not overly happy with uh, Big Finlay.
0: And he's actually won it as well. Didn't he win it last week, Linesy? He was he was our our nomination and uh, it's uh, I'll put it out there it's our man uh, Nick Dylan who does the uh, the posts uh, for the MTU. Yeah, throw him essay. under the bus. And yeah, yeah wow. I, I think I can still hear that truck backing up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are, what do the Austin boys from Remark got to do to get a nomination? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh look, the the MTESA uh, Young Talent Award, it's uh, it, yeah, we've just had so many uh contenders, but uh like we managed, have. we managed to get uh, Ricky Garrett in there. Uh, as one. Uh Big Zach two Uh he's he's got himself in there as well. But yeah, it was just so tight at the end of the season. Just uh, a lot of boys uh must be uh, wanting that uh four hundred big ones that are up for offer. But yeah four hundred
2: bucks
4: they go over the bar pretty quick at the end yeah, uh, Finlay oh. wouldn't one. Oh. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: I was just about to ask that one uh Tom like if uh, if the the roaming pig gets up, does that go directly to the uh, end of season footy trip?
2: Oh
1: all right, Yeah, the Roaming Pig would um, definitely put it over the bar. He's the kind of guy, I reckon, that would be more than happy to throw the 400 over the bar. And, well, I reckon he would even probably put it over the bar and then put it on the Roaming Pig as well. That's the kind of person he'd be. Wow, well,
2: okay.
4: <laughs> Who at the club definitely wouldn't put it over the bar?
1: Um, Peter Sackleides definitely wouldn't <laughs> put it over the bar. Um, that guy's squeezed more pennies in his life and they're actually in his bloodline now. <laughs> uh, uh, who else? Adam Langford would 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 not want that to go over the bar because that would go to his wedding and he'd be told by his missus that it'd have to go to the wedding, I reckon. Um, who else? Who else would be? Oh, Trent Dolling. Trent Dolling <laughs> would definitely not even think about it. He actually wouldn't even tell his wife that he's won the $400 just so he could keep it for himself, I reckon. That's what he would do. <laughs> Ah, big tea
4: doll <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well it, it seems the uh, Yeah all the uh, inner sanctum of the Berry uh, A grade is being aired Here on the uh, RFL round table And uh, well rightly so I think People have a right to know <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It, it it's in the public Interest yeah absolutely Well boys it's that time here on the RFL Round table where we pay tribute To the man who has made Being a battler a badge of honour
3: when they say the word David the word saver
0: money, what they wanna to associate with that? Uh, well, hopefully just a humble battler. Now boys, uh, who has impressed you that's uh, overcome the odds to be our own RFL battler of the week?
1: Yeah, I think from our conversation before, Jacko, it seems like it's a bit of a loxton a loxton week this week. Um uh, John T. Bates. Um, the 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 role that he plays for their team is Taking that smaller forward um, for the opposition and actually does a really really good job on that on that player every week and um, he is my battler
4: of the week and look forward to playing him on the weekend. Um, uh, I've gone with uh, Kyle Smith, plays a bit of fallback, um, just just tough, um, sticks his head in a hole. Um, some he's undersized a lot of the time, but it not doesn't let that stop him. Um, and rumour has it he's gone forward a little bit, so that I can now talk about him. He's, <laughs> he's eligible in my books.
0: <laughs> and, and I, I guess, uh, you know, being the uh, the dangerous forward in, in your career there, uh, Jacko, what would you your advice be to for his big move up forward then? I, you
4: definitely want to play better up forward than you do down back. <laughs> two, having two stringed bows is something that I'm not, it definitely is something I'm not familiar with. <laughs> but, um, Having <laughs> one string to me bow would be nice, actually. But um, yeah, now you kick a few goals, make make sure you celebrate hard, and get a, get the boys around you. But <laughs> then you're halfway there.
1: Now that that can't be true, Jacko, because off air you were talking about how it's the reunion um, for something that you did in A grade footy a couple of years ago. Do you want to just shed some light on that, or? Mate, I'm still live. I will live off that for the rest of my life. <laughs> So what was it, mate? 11 yeah. goals, was it? A
4: red oh, mark? was that it? Oh, oh, is that? oh, that's right. I forgot about that.
0: Oh, <laughs> just take us through one by one.
4: Oh, oh, how, long you, know. how long you got? How long you got? <laughs> yeah, just, that's right. Yeah, I'm just spewing jolly. would not playing. I probably would have got 15. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. You freaking. Yeah. Yeah, one of the weeks here, crepe paper calves gave away. I haven't had 11 kicks since, but um, yeah, that was a good day.
1: (laughs) I actually heard after that game that you went in and said the milky bars were on me and started handing out some beers to people because you were so happy that you actually got given the ball on a couple of occasions.
4: Uh, No, I've never given out a beer in my life, mate. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that was uh, the ball just bounced to me that day. I was yeah, definitely more uh, arse than class.
0: <laughs> well mate, uh you you've uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all you've always got that, haven't you? You've always got the memories.
2: <laughs> uh, oh yeah, abso- absolutely. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Don't worry, Lindsay. Every time we play cricket against him, it's all he says in the field is oh, I remember that time we kicked eleven here and <laughs> it's a broken record, I tell you <laughs>
0: Well, it might be time uh, that that record spins up again because, uh, well, mine round's done its cricket season, so look out, mate. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, boys, uh, you come, come play, come play for North, mate.
0: You hear about it every
4: week. <laughs> nah, that's a big no for me. <laughs>
0: Well, Jacko, it's been great having you on uh, back on the RFL Roundtable. Uh, we managed to keep the wheels mostly on this week, I think, so we managed to keep it uh, rel- relatively tidy, I think. It's been great having you on, mate, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll uh, yeah, see if, uh, if Dillo can be bothered showing up. <laughs>
1: Ideally, ideally,
4: mate. Okay. Ideally, yes or ideally, no. Oh, well, it depends on what the listeners want, to be honest. Yeah. yeah we'll put a poll yeah.
0: up. Luke. Okay, yep. Yeah, so up on the uh, the Mark's Up Facebook page uh, this week, have your say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do we want back? D- do you want back? him back or not? That's it, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> just when we thought we were keeping the wheels on, there they go, <laughs> off right on cue, hey. That's right. All right. <laughs> well, that was the RFL roundtable <laughs> for yeah, another absolutely. week. Well, ons, family, it's time we get in and talk about some independent finals because we have got a huge first semi-final coming up this week between Brownswell and Wonka. And what a story it has been this year for the Bombers uh, playing finals football after what was a, a season that almost didn't get off the ground last year. Um, there was talks of of folding, then there was an undefeated season, but now the Bombers are back and up and about. And here's a man to tell us all about it. We've got Max Fitzgerald from Brownswell joining us here on the Kick-Ons podcast. Max, welcome. Thanks for having me, Lanzi. Yeah, it's great having you, mate. Well, like we touched on, what a season. (laughs) Um, Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Although it's your first season with the club, I'm sure you would have been well aware with some of the history leading up into this year. Um, But here we are, final series on the doorstep Uh, Could we say this season has well and truly exceeded expectations?
2: Oh, 100% Um, It was only during the week I was talking to a couple of lads from the club And um, just getting the club one win this year After a couple of years without a win That was uh, one one of the major draw factors coming to the club So it's well exceeded my expectations
1: now, mate, what's the difference that the coach, uh, Aaron Ballard, has made this season um, and anything else that you can tell us about in regards to the journey and just growing into a bit more of a competitive uh, side this year?
2: I think um, definitely at least halfway through the year, I think Bully um, definitely started making some positional changes um, with a few of the boys and I think that definitely... Um, Helped spark, helped spark a little bit of a change. And as you're seen halfway through the year, we started to gel a few wins together. Um, and I think, obviously, you get a win and the confidence within the group started to grow a bit more. And I think that definitely helped initiate the, uh, the spark within the group and the gelling of the boys during the season.
0: And you were just pipped uh, by the form side BSR just a few weeks ago. Um, uh, but then you also iced the game against Peringa last week. Uh, tell us how the run in the finals has been and uh, what's the intensity uh, been like at training at the moment?
2: Um, well, being from town, actually, I haven't been out to training with the boys. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the last few weeks. Um, but from all reports, uh, the numbers have been the numbers have been increasing on the track. Um, as the season's been going on. And uh, from yeah, from all reports, it's been uh, improving and uh, the boys are enjoying it out in the track at the moment. But I can't, I can't report on the intensity right, okay. <laughs> or anything like no, that out maybe, at training.
0: maybe the intensity on the group chat or something like that's a bit, yeah, bit chirpy. Yeah, out, the intensity on the group chat's definitely picked up
2: <laughs> as of late. But yeah, I can't report on the track.
0: But what about the BSR um, game, mate? Um, yes. It was, uh, yeah, it was oh so close, but you almost had the measure of them again. Look, there must have been a, a lot that you could learn out of that game going into, into finals, you think?
2: Yeah, well, 100%. A lot we can take out of that going into finals. Uh, but, I mean, if you'd told me before the game that we'd, like, take it up to BSR and lose by a goal, like, I thought I'd come off and you'd be pretty satisfied with the performance. Um but when you're up at three quarters of the time and you really think you're a chance, you end up you come off a bit sour after that. And I think I don't know, it definitely just definitely just increases a belief within the group that, you know, we can take it right up to every side in the comp when we're, when we're on and when we're ready to go. Yeah, nice mate. So
1: um I've got here some stats and one of them is that you've You've played the Dogs twice. Well, you actually went down to the Dogs twice this season. Um, yeah. However, the last time that you played them, you um, actually got the better of them. Or you, did you get the better of them? Yep. Yeah. Well, um, 11, yeah, we I think we did.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, uh, so what do you take out of that win and what do you take away from those two losses as well just to kind of give you a little bit more of a, a perspective of what's going to happen this week and what you're trying to plan to do?
2: Um. I think I think For me personally I I think it'd be the same For the rest of the boys Um Just going into it Doing what we've been doing The last Three, four weeks Uh Preparation wise And Yeah There's a lot of There's a lot of interesting Matchups against Um Wonka And I think Yeah I think we'll try to keep it As much the same as it came As last time Um But Yeah It'll be an interesting contest again. I'm looking forward
0: to it. Yeah, yeah mate. beautiful. Yeah. Now uh, this is your first year uh, playing with uh, with Browns. Well, where you come up uh, f- after playing a little bit of footy in the Mallee, but uh, you seem to have adapted quite well, mate. Um, you've played 13, 13 games this season, thirty seven big ones. Is it safe to say you don't mind a bit of time up forward? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've,
2: I've been uh, I've been loving it up forward. Um, this year, it's a, in a way, I guess, a new role for me. I haven't really played up forward for probably the last four or five years, so I'm I'm quite enjoying out there and just get to get all over the ground, which is very enjoyable. Well, that you look. So, mate, for those
1: that haven't seen you play, is it a uh, bit of a lead-up marking kind of target, or is it a bit more of a crumbing? Like, if you can relate to someone else in the AFL at the moment, who are you put yourself to?
2: Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to put myself up alongside Tex Walker as a big lead up, as a big lead up forward, but uh, not quite to the caliber, but yeah, try to be, try to be a lead up target. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you got the mustaka there as well mate for those that are listening now at the podcast he's got a, a nice little mullet and he's got a little mustaka as well above the top lip so he's probably running around as the 2019 texan i
2: reckon i was just about to say that back to prime tex for the uh, mustache <laughs> and the mullet
0: well mate and uh, well speaking of prime mate um you've uh, you slotted a there was a bag of 10 about mid-season as well mate so um you know uh, you Definitely uh, li- living the tech's life, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still not quite sure how that happened because I've never been close to that mark again, <laughs> or prior to that. So yeah, oh, that was just one of those days I think where everything literally did go right.
0: Yep. Well, mate, we hope everything goes right this weekend in the uh, in the dual die first semi final, mate. We wish you all the best. And um, thank you very much. Yeah, mate. Um, have a cracker and uh, also congratulations on what has been a huge turnaround season uh, down at the Well. Yeah, thank you very much. And so that was Max Fitzgerald uh, from the Browns Well Football Club. And, uh, yeah, interesting to hear, uh, you know, a bit of love
1: for the big Texan. Oh absolutely, mate. There's uh one person that I really do enjoy watching when I sit down and watch my crows and um and it's good to see him get another year sign on and that's a uh, Ted Walker. So if anyone can play like that, I'd be more than happy to have them on my team. So Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah, bet
0: the fun. Yeah, and I bet uh, all the the fans down at the world would like to see that uh, that longevity as well that he just keeps delivering. Uh so yeah, it's great to have uh Have Max on board. Well, mate, we've been pumping this up more than the Humphrey pump on an open day down at Cobby, (coughs) I think, because, oh, mate, we can't wait for it. Finals fever is about to hit the Riverland this weekend. So let's get into it and get into our preview of the first semi-final weekend of Riverland football. And just before we get to the main event, let's just have a look at across some of the other grades of who will be lining up. Uh, let's go to the under thirteens first, where we will have Wakery and Locks the North facing off.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see who takes the uh, the home change rooms there if Wakery finished higher, or um, <laughs> that's always a conversation come finals time. Who takes the uh, home the home change rooms if uh, the other team finished higher? So um, yeah, we'll see how they go.
0: That's it, yeah, because, well, they would be, uh, yeah, vying for them because uh, they're pretty impressive change rooms, the home ones of uh, Loxton North there. They've, uh, yeah, a bit of development going on there, so uh, very nice indeed. Uh, Now, mate, in the under-15s, we've got uh, Barmer Monash and Loxton fighting it out there. And uh, in the under-18s, mate, um, it's going to be a busy day for one T Jolly, uh, your under-18s and... You've got a a grade uh, preli uh, sorry first semi final mate so um, yeah uh, how's things shaping up for your boys
1: yeah mate I think it's just a normal Saturday for, for me it's uh it's coaching and then it's playing so it's a kind of a good thing to go into a a first semi doing exactly what I've been doing all year um, you know Berry versus Barmer is this rivalry round they're some of them are best mates because of school and. Um, there's a little bit of conversation at school at the moment which is always funny to have but um, Barmer and Monash have have had us the last couple of games so um, it's going to be a really interesting game um, and one I look forward to but you know We've coming in with really good form too, knocking off uh, Locks and North and Renmark before that, so um, we're definitely ready for the challenge.
0: Yeah, and uh, Barry always uh, strong in the 18s. Uh, got the under 18 flag last year uh, from uh, from memory, uh, but and Monash this year it's just been a phenomenal rise. Uh, they did not have under 18s in 2020. Uh, the job was given to Mick Scordo to get the under eighteen program back up and going, and then getting it back up and running this year, as well as uh, filling in uh, for the A grade. A lot of boys had to step up there. Um, Aiden uh, Scordo comes to mind, yep. and yeah, uh, here they are playing finals. So it's it's a great story and a great payoff to a lot of hard work with the uh, junior program down there at the lakeside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um. I work with Cam Dixon now. He's actually not a student anymore. He's a staff member. So um, he tells me every every Monday how they went and and that they're on they're on our heels. And um, I think he said something like eight in a row they've won to to get into this finals game. So um, yeah, like. They, they have a lot of people uh, that are still down at Westies as well. So when we spoke earlier about the youth that they have, you know, if they can accumulate this youth back to their club at some stage, they're going to be a real threat come A-grade footy in, you know, five, six, seven years' time because they've got some outstanding players that are still playing down at Westies um, that haven't really had a lot of games that currently with Barman Monash. But I know that they are Bar- Barman Monash people and they will eventually get back there too. So... Um, yeah, we'll see how they go. We'll see That's what the it. game's
0: like. That's it. That's what we love about the Under-18s. It's just that little window into what your club could look like, like you just mentioned in a few years' time. Now, let's get across to the B-grade, and we have Renmark taking on Loxton North. Now, yeah, again, this one, uh, the, the Loxton North get kicked out of their home change rooms? <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. It'll be it'll be one of those conversations, and surely, surely they do get their home change room. I think that's just common sense, but um, and hopefully it does prevail. But we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, red market they started a bit slow, and and now they've just kind of found their straps a little bit. Um, Locks and North have always been at this this part of the year anyway. In the B grade, they've been the talking point, and and they've got some really good. Um, well, you know, ex-A-grade footballers running around in there and, and I have no doubt that, you know, some of those players could have probably played A-grade footy, but of their, their conditions and everything like that, like a Scott Meneghetti comes to mind, he, he, he could definitely still play A-grade footy, but, um, um, you know, with everything going with him and everything like that, that, it makes more sense for him to just kind of let the younger ones come through and, and start you know, growing and playing A-grade footy. So I actually really look forward to watching a little bit of the game before I get ready for my night. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it, mate. So let's chat about that now and the main event, the first semi-final of the RFL (laughs) final series. And we have Loxton and the Demons uh, going at it. So do or die clash. Look, um, I I was surprised uh, uh, with Loxton uh, last week that they uh, fell – Fell short. I really thought they might have been able to turn it around, and you know, going in with a finals mentality into that game, that uh, you know, that's they would have started to uh, to respond to the pressure. But uh, yeah, I, I I hope they do this this week. Um, that they're and able to approach this one with a a bit more um, intent, and I guess they just need to get things off to a bit of a fast start.
1: Yeah, and and you know we're gonna try our best to stop that. That's, <laughs> that's essentially how it's gonna go. Um, well, we hoped it, it goes, but um, yeah, they've they've knocked us off twice at our home ground. We've knocked us uh, knocked them off at theirs, um, and now we go to a neutral a neutral oval where you know it, it's been different every single game. We've had quick starts. Um, they've come on behind. We've had games where we've started from behind and won. So um, yeah. That, it's just one of those conversations. Conversations of um, you know it's going to be Evan flow. Just whoever can essentially withstand the withstand the little bit of that flow and and keep going their their way for a little bit longer. So and
0: every game that you guys have faced off this year, it's felt like a final every time. Like that last game that you played at RFL headquarters, where. You guys like had the measure of them right from the start, and uh, you know, but Loxton were able to to work their way back into it. Um, There was, and I think uh, the the game might have been the same one. Um, Yeah, uh, where just a a few goals, they just were able to string them together at the right time, and it's just always felt like high pressure games and a lot of stakes, uh, just in the minor round, but wow, I can't wait for Saturday where it just goes up a level now between you two guys. It's been – or sorry, you two teams. It's just been um, a a great battle to watch all season.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to probably think that it can go up another level um, from what it has been in the past, but I have no doubt that it is going to go up another level. And, um, well, that just comes in with the fact that it's, you know, do or die. It's it's, you lose and you're out and you win and you have a really, really nice – Week off before you play the the loser of a, a a remark and and which you know that that's just the way that the setup is. Do I think it's right? No, but um, you know, to finish third and fourth, I don't think you should ever have a a week off. But mm. you know, that's a beautiful thing to have, and that's what we've been given, so that's what we do with.
0: That's right. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that come into your preparation? That you know, yeah, normally you would have to back up the next week, but because you get a, a week off you know, you might be able to maybe just throw a guy in who might be a little bit underprepared or, you know, you might just think, well, we let's just leave it all out on the on the ground because at least we get a week off to recover.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think you ever want to go in or or have someone playing that's not 100%, but I think it's the conversation of if they can get through and they give you everything they need, and it gives it that little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of insurance because knowing if you do win, you've got a you've got a week off, and then you don't have to actually you know pick and choose when you can play this player. So you, you do go in with a little bit of insurance of if you win, you've got a week off. Hopefully that person can get themselves right again, and then they can play the following week. And um, but you, know, you can't. You can't overthink about that either because at the end of the day, you need to you need to win this one, and then if you don't win this one, then you're not thinking about football for the rest of the year anyway. So um, it's just it's a really it's a really hard conversation or a thought process too. So yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah. uh, you know we, we entertain that thought when we think of uh, you know Brody Thompson's come back in and you know yep. he he gets another week to back up, but we've kind of um, oh, you know it, it's uh, it, when you get into the uh, the. You know, the the conversation of Riverland football and I guess country football everywhere. There's always uh, you know, rumors getting around of uh and and all sorts of information and you know, we we thought Jack Evans was coming back into the Loxton fold. But yep. he didn't uh he didn't play uh well, yeah, that was in the the Wakeree game uh, last week. We thought he was yep. he was coming back for that one. But we're also hearing uh, he you know he might be out for the rest of the season as well. So yeah, uh, you know if it might be a bit of a surprise packet uh, for you guys uh, when you run out there on um, Saturday.
1: Yeah, and uh, to, to be honest, I uh, we actually thought he played on the way, on uh, on Saturday. We actually didn't know that he didn't play. We saw that he was named and just kind of said, "Oh, well, okay, we'll expect him to play this week." And I actually think it's we're still thinking that he will play. Um, We've got one as well, like with Peter Saf, does, does he play? Does he not play? Um, he's coming off of a hamstring injury as well. Um, but it could be that conversation with him, that not 100%, then hopefully we can win and he has another two weeks off that he can rest it and get it, you know, even better. And and that's going to be a really hard pill for Peter Saf to, to take because he's always, you know, putting his body on the line for the Berry Footy Club. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting to see who runs out for, for both teams. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, it'll be a good game.
0: That's it, two twenty on Saturday afternoon. All will be revealed in the uh, RFL first semi final. Now let's get across to the Indies who are running uh, a different uh, different format to the RFL. They're sticking with their. Now I am going to let you in on a, a bit of a uh, in joke that myself and Dillo started up last year um, with the the two independent finals being held on the the same day at the same venue. So we've nicknamed it the Super Saturday Semi-Final Football Bonanza.
1: Yeah, love it. And you know what? Something that I would love, uh, maybe maybe not um, two A-grade games in a row, but I think we spoke about it the other week, Linesy, where we had – you know, uh, we we're talking about having an A-grade game and then a night game as well. So something like that could even work later on for the RFL. But I do, I do love the fact that you can have two A-grade games straight after each other. That's that's phenomenal.
0: That that's it. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, you know, we the the results there done on that day, so you know what the fixture is for the for the next week. But also, uh, you know, if if we're talking uh, bums on seats, gives an opportunity for people uh, to attend. Uh, two games in the one day. So, you know, that can only mean good things for, you know, gate takings, uh, sales and... You know, able to, um, you know, uh, yeah, keep our clubs uh, viable and you know make the most of uh, of it being a community event. But we do digress a bit. We should jump into the, uh, the second semi final, which will kick off at twelve PM at Cambrai Oval, and that is BSR versus Sedan. So here we go, mate. Um, these have been the, the top form sides of the year, and uh, now we really find out uh, who's who's. Who's prepped and ready to take that next step towards uh, the flag glory? Yeah, and
1: like BSR undefeated, and you know Sedan Camry, like you said, nipping at the heels each time. And well, it's that same conversation again, mate. Who who gets the home change rooms? So are BSR going to play some mental games and you know offer offer the Sedan Camry their own, their own home uh, home change rooms, or is it going to be uh, another thing for them? So. Um, that's I don't know why. It's always something that I look forward to hearing about who got yep. the change rooms.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, what uh, the BSR and uh, Magpie fans want to hear is who goes through to the grand final <laughs> on this one here. But, yeah, it's hard to look past the uh, the Redbacks going through undefeated. Look, they've been tested in their run-up, uh, especially against Brownswell. Uh, they've uh, had a... You know, a couple of closing encounters that have had to, you know, almost test them and see how they respond in a high pressure situation. Because uh, you know they've had some big wins this year and relatively been in cruise control. But now it's the time for them to find the next gear, and I think they will. But uh, look, Sudan, um, you know they're they're the specialists in September. They've always been around the mark uh, the the last few years, and uh, you know they've got flags to prove it as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a very own Sedan right now. Very Demons team and that's that Jacob Greek. But, um, definitely spoken about him going down and playing with his home club. Um, that was actually something that he set out to do um, and wanted to do it before he came to Barry Demons, um, and just his living situations, uh, living in Renmark, and that was what led him to the RFL more so than than leaving or wanting to leave Sedan Cambrai. So. Um, yeah, he might even have to do a pep talk or something to them on a Thursday night or something like that to That's get it. them and to go. But we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in the later game at two thirty, there'll be the first semi final: Wonka versus Browns. Well, now, mate, look, th- this one it—it's hard to to pick a side um, because you know, uh, for, for someone like me coming from a, a journo background, you love the narrative and it's hard to pick which one you side with more Wunker, this is the chance to end that 40 plus year drought and finally get that flag for their favorite son in Shane Schultz. but then Browns well the these guys were gone at the start of last season you know there there was potential the club wasn't going to be there and now look you know it's it, it's hard to it's hard to pick which story makes you feel feel better <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. They're both fairy tale stories in, in their own way, and um, yeah, it's disappointing almost to say that they're playing against each other for a knockout final. Um, but hey, that's that's finals footy, and that's where they're up to at the moment. But you know, hearing, hearing Max and, and the things that they've put in place against Wonka last game, they're trying to implement again um, for this for this week coming. So it would be interesting to see how how they go.
0: Yes. So, uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a massive weekend uh, out at both both venues uh, all this weekend. So we hope everyone gets out there. Even if your team's not participating, just get out and enjoy some Riverland football uh, in both the Indies and the RFL. You know, it's uh, just pick a side and just enjoy the ride if, if your team's not out there. But if your team is, get those colours out that, Get, the, get excited and, uh, yeah, back your team all the way because it's going to be a massive weekend. This is what we live for, football in the finals. We just love it. And uh, we love it here on the Kick-Ons podcast, and we can't wait to be back next week. Well, we'll go through the wash-up and uh, keep the chat up about Riverland finals football. And, uh, Tom, it's been great having you in the co-host seat again, mate. Wish you well for the weekend. And uh, get some, uh, yeah get some rest into those legs before a big Saturday.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. yeah looking forward to it. and I think country footy is the best time when it's finals footy because everyone yeah. comes out and leaps and bounds and um, everyone's there supporting their, their, their team and it's, it's always a great atmosphere at the footy. So yeah hopefully I can see some people down there.